702. Call Rafilwe on 011-883-0702. Of course, uh, Nikki Bush is a speaker. She's an author. We know her and love her as our resident human potential and parenting expert. And today we're talking about cheerleading our kids for effort and strategy. Hi, Nikki. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you in studio. I'm still adjusting to this thing of having uh, everyone in studio after two years of, you know, <laughs> phone calls, Skype calls, you know, distance. It, it really is fantastic. It's so wonderful. And you were mentioning, the, you know, left-handed day today. And, you know, it just speaks to the teachability of human beings, the fact that left-handed people can get around all the limitations. Mm-hmm. And I just think about, uh, you know, slicing bread is one of the things because the bread knife is right. made for the right-hander. Yeah. And so the left-hander gets skew bread all the time. <laughs> of course, the <laughs> hack is go and buy, you know, pre-sliced bread. But, um, you know, it's it's just the, 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 the teachability we learned yeah. over the last two and a half years to do what we do virtually and it worked yeah it we can worked. adapt you know we can adapt we're teachable we're flexible mm-hmm. but i do have to say it is rather wonderful to be here actually yeah looking at each other face to face and we i don't think we realize how many non-verbal cues we take in by seeing somebody in 3d yeah yeah and your brain is computing at a speed that you don't even know. Yeah. Just taking it all in, um, creating, calculating, you know, what's going on in this conversation, what's going on in the serve and return, um, understanding things that, you know, beyond what we see. Yeah. And I think that that's also a good point to bring into this conversation about cheerleading our children for effort and strategy, not just for the outcomes. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about um, why this particular topic, right? The difference between uh, cheerleading for effort, for strategy versus outcomes. We are an outcome-driven world, right? We want to set our children up for success later on. Uh, why is the process also important to celebrate. So childhood is a process. Learning is a process. Getting the A, getting the report card, getting into the cricket team or the, you know, the ballet, mm. uh, you know, group, troop, um, you know, that that is on the back end of many, many actions that are done repetitively over time. Yeah. Children are a work in progress and we need to remember that. And the process is important because it is the bedrock of attitude and Mm self-belief. And so the conversations we have, the feedback we give our children in the process of becoming or working towards something Mm -hmm. is what is going to determine whether they have perseverance, whether they have grit, whether they have determination, whether they have what it takes to complete the process to get to the end. Yeah. And this is hugely, hugely important. Now, it is as important in the parenting scenario as it is in the current leadership scenario. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about how the world has flipped, we're now going into this hybrid world in the work situation where people are in the office, out the office, sometimes a bit of both. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole new way of needing to lead. I call it high-touch leadership skills for a hybrid world. And as much as we in the world of work are saying, 
we don't need to worry about the inputs. We need to worry about the outputs. Don't worry about whether your employees are working at midnight or three in the morning or seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. If they're delivering, it doesn't That's matter. That's all that matters, yeah. But that only happens if you're an engaged leader. Mm-hmm. If you're a leader who once a week touches base with your direct reports, just like a parent touches base with their direct reports, their children, sure. where you actually talk about what is not working for you? What is working for you? And is there anything I can help you with? You almost make corporatizing the household sound appealing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> I love that. And there's nothing very sexy about being a parent where you are right now, where, where you've entered the sleepless nights club. Yeah, how, how do I corporatize this? How do I get this machine working much smoother? But Nikki, the kinds of, speaking of being an engaged leader and engaged parent, right? The kinds of words of encouragement um, that you might be able to use or that you can start using and leaning on to build that confidence, to build that persistence, and perhaps even phrases and framing mm. of process. And what this do those is look important. like? Yeah. The words we use are hugely important. So here's some phrases. Um, you know, you might say to your child, always do your best. Mm-hmm. And remember, personal best is very important. Your child's personal best versus their friend's personal best mm. versus their arch enemy's personal best. Sure. You know, whoever they're trying to beat is very different. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the huge lessons in life is learning to run your own race. And I think I may have shared the story before, but it's worth sharing again. When my my youngest son was nine and having swimming lessons, mm. and he's very tall, um, the swimming teacher had all these little boys lined up on the edge of the pool. And he said to them, you need to find your own rhythm, your own stroke rate. Mm-hmm. Don't try and beat the person next to you because there's so many variables, mm. your height, um, your speed, your weight, you know, all of those things, your ability. Yeah. So find your person, go for your personal best, find your stroke rate, your rhythm. And that's hugely important, you know, for children to learn that they actually will all shine at different times. Yeah. They won't all get into the A team at the same time. Mm-hmm. Some will take longer. Some are going to get there like that. And, you know, some kids, you know, it's the, it's the, um, the cup and teaspoon theory, you know, we get dished out various talents, yes, <laughs> various abilities, and all of them are different. Give me your best effort yeah. is another one. Yeah. Then how about this? Because all kids think differently. I love the way you think. That's a fantastic one. Now, That's remember, so affirming. Remember last week we spoke about the Titanic and, and the bottle of milk yes. with, with my, my eldest son, you know, working out how the Titanic sank by looking at a mm-hmm. half defrosted bottle of milk. I love the way you think. Mm-hmm. It's not saying it's right or wrong. It's just that you value the process. And if they're painting or drawing or doing something, it's just so easy as a parent to default to say, Gee, I love that aeroplane you've just drawn. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it's not an aeroplane. <laughs> you know, you just wiped out the creative process in one fell swoop. Uh-huh. So you might choose to say things like, you've chosen beautiful colors for your painting. I love them. Yeah. So you leave it open-ended. Wow, look at the great contribution you made to that team challenge. You know, kids 
sometimes have to work in a team, whether it's a sports team or whether it's a group project. Be the mother that hosts or be the father that hosts the group at home that has to put together the group project. Yeah. Now, I remember, and I can just like die with embarrassment when I think about this. Um, in, in standard six, I was 13. Uh, first year of high school, a friend and I had to, well, we were, we were divided into pairs and we had to create a radio drama. Mm-hmm. Remember the days in radio where um, you had to make sound effects in the studio? Yes. So you had the, uh, you know, intruder walking down the gravel pathway, steps, steps, steps. Sure. You had rain, so you switched on the shower. <laughs> um, you know, the doorbell rang and, and you, and you <clears throat> recorded all these sound effects. Now, said friend and I painstakingly wrote this drama. We, we acted it out. We spoke it out. We recorded all the different sound effects. And those were the days when it was on cassette tape. Of course. Right. Yeah. I am giving away my age right now. Um, and that was great. I was so excited about this. And I went home and I played it for my mum. We did this at my friend's house. I played it for my mum. And then I played it again in my bedroom because, oh, we were so clever. Uh-huh. And then I managed to erase it. Because, <laughs> you know, on a tape recorder, there was an erase button. And I remember having to phone <clears throat> my friend and her mum. And, of course, there were no existing, no, no, no duplicates. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no duplicates. And I had to phone them at 10 o'clock at night on a, on a weekday night and, and tell them what I had done and go around there in the middle of the night to re-record this Again. Thing. But, you know, <clears throat> what did we learn about that? What did we <laughs> what learn did about you learn, failure, <laughs> you know, about doing something really stupid and then having to own up? to yes, it was yes, probably yes. the biggest lesson mm-hmm. was having to make that call which was not a comfortable call admit that i had done something completely disastrous sure. that was putting everybody out mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it was inconvenient for my mum for her mum for her for me the disappointment sure But, you know, you do that once and you don't do it again. So perspective is definitely what you learned, right? Ultimately, you didn't kill anyone. It wasn't that egregious. It was uncomfortable. It was unfortunate. But you gained some perspective there about uh, just owning a situation. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and being there, I guess, as a parent to Mm -hmm. witness that kind of a process of your child having to eat humble pie. Sure. Say, I'm sorry. I made a mistake and help them get up again. And complete the process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, one might say in hindsight, I was really proud of you for picking up that phone. Yeah. I had to pick up the phone. My mum didn't pick up the phone. I had to pick up the phone. And therein lies another lesson Mm -hmm. is supporting your children to do it for themselves. Then you could say if your child puts in extra work, whether it's extra schoolwork or whether it's doing extra lengths in the pool or whether it's if they're a tennis player, you know, they do an extra bucket of serves Mm -hmm. when everyone else has left the court. Sure. You know, you can say I'm really proud of you doing those extra serves or those extra lengths. Just that, that conveying how you feel is important. I love the way you keep trying and never giving up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I was small for my age. I'm now taller than average as a woman, but children grow at different rates. And and that impacts, you know, on their ability. So in a netball team, it pays to be tall. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was not tall at the age of 10, 11 and 12. 
I was also young for, for my grade and I had to be in the under 12 team. I couldn't be in the A team, you know. Um, <laughs> so I had to come to terms with things like that. And I remember my mum being incredibly proud of my perseverance, yeah. you know, and she said I had to work extra hard because of my, my age and my, my size. Um, you know, yeah. So what I'm really, from a de- child uh, development perspective, Nikki, um, you know, going around to the matter of completing tasks on their own, right? However difficult um, or when if they stumble or they mess up along the way, just the, from a child development perspective, the benefits of that and why you need to let them, you know, let them stumble through it if they, if they must or, you know, without interfering sometimes. Yeah, so stickability for me is a concept. Stickability. Children sticking to something. Because ultimately, when you get into the world of work, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get to choose who sits on the desk next to you and you've got to stick to your job, even if you don't like them. Sure. Um, you are going to be put on a team for a project And you might not get on with everybody, but you've got to find a way to make it happen. You've got to find a way to communicate with people who you don't necessarily like. You're going to have things happen that are going to get in the way of of meeting a deadline. And you've got to find a way around it. Mm -hmm. So that stickability is important. And if you think about our children's, uh, the culture kind of that they are living in right now, it's a dipping in culture. Things are fleeting, so fleeting friendships. Mm-hmm. They start a friendship with someone they don't like them. They don't persevere. They jump out of it as quickly as they can. Um, and sometimes you need to get to know people over time. You have to give people a bit of a chance. Mm-hmm. So fleeting friendships, um, it's, it's quite a concern at the moment. The minute something gets hard, children jump off the bus. Sure. Teachers are seeing this enormously at the moment, the impact of two years of not socializing in the real world with children, Mm -hmm. with other children, is really impacting on children's ability to socialize in the school grounds, in the setting of school today. They don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know how to make friends. Mm -hmm. They've learned that Netflix and screens is a companion but it doesn't really give you feedback sure. about who you are in the world. And they're not really coping with who they are in the world right now mm-hmm. because they, they're out of practice. So we need to support them in that. Starting extramural activities, I think, is one of those things. You know, your child comes home from school and, um, and wants to do ballet. Sure. And you buy them the ballet shoes. The investment. The leotards, the leggings. I'm the jersey, sure whatever it might be. I'm and it's, there it's right not now. a cheap exercise. Yeah, sure. And you commit to, you know, monthly payments to the ballet teacher. You know, what kind of agreement do you have with your children that perhaps they, they must commit to at least a full term? Sure. Before they say it's not for me. And to that point, Nikki, how do you, how do you gauge once they say it's not for me? How do you gauge whether it's that laziness, perhaps fatigue, perhaps, ugh, you know, I just don't want to put in the effort as you've alluded mm. to the fleetingness of interest mm. and that type of thing versus they actually, actually are being uh, truthful about the fact mm. that this is just not a good suit. How do yeah. you differentiate as a parent? So I think you've got to look for signs. You've got to read the signs. You know, does that child come home from ballet and 
you know, twirl around their room when you're not looking. Mm, mm. Sure. That kind of a thing. Um, have a little conversation with the ballet teacher quietly in private. Mm-hmm. Um, watch the odd class and see if they're doing it for themselves or if they're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, observation is something we don't do very well as parents. Before the judgment, sit back, step back, and observe the whole big picture. Look for clues before you jump to conclusions um, or before you react to what your child has to say. And then you need to reflect back on them, you know. Um, You know, I see you you dancing around for joy, um, and you tell me you don't enjoy it, but... I see this, yeah. you know. So, so that's that's important. And of course, I think with children, friendships are also one of those things that impact on the kinds of activities they want to do as well. Of course, they want to do what their friends are doing. Of course, um, and you know, it's always nice to do things with kids that you know and you like. The other um, thing that we do is we don't make children wait. You know, we 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 tend to buy things for them when they ask. I mean, I watch this all the time. Mm. I love going shopping on a Saturday and I'm in Mr. Price Sport and I'm watching this family with a four-year-old and a baby in the pram. Mm -hmm. And the four-year-old is demanding everything. And I watch how many things get put in the trolley. And then before they're even walking out, the child sits down in front of a display of stuff and says they want something else. (laughs) And it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all to keep the child happy and quiet. How do we then, as parents, you know, pull ourselves towards ourselves? And first of all, put a stop to that. But I'm guessing within the not responding immediately, right? Or gratifying the child's demands and wants immediately. You're also instilling some sense of process versus outcome. What are we working on there? So we're working on, we need boundaries, you know, and I think with children, often what you need to do before you go shopping is set an expectation. And if you sketch out, you know, this is, you know, we're going to the shops, we are going to buy this and this and this because that's why we're going shopping. And we will take a break from shopping and go and have a snack. And if they have pocket money... Because this is actually what we need is, sure. is, is you know, we've, you've got pocket money and you've got X amount to spend and we will go to the toy shop or we will go to the sports shop and you'll be able to choose one thing, but it has to cost no more than sure. 50 rand, 100 rand, whatever it is. Setting the expectation and the boundaries is already half the battle won, if not three quarters of the battle won. Mm-hmm. And if they choose to flip out in the middle of the shops, you've got to hold your boundary about mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, and, and you can also talk about, and if you don't behave in the shops, we will just leave. Mm. But you have to stick to that. And we <laughs> pop the child in the trolley and we walk out. And if you only have to do that once. Yeah. Um, and it's about holding your line, you know. Stickability from a parent's point of view yeah. is also important. So cheerleading for effort and strategy. You've set out the strategy. The effort for the child is to obviously contain their urges <laughs> sure. and their demands. Sure. And children are so much better when they know what the boundaries are, when they don't know what the boundaries are. And this is what I watch in the shops all the time. I want, I want, I want, I want is just a call for when are you going to say no? Mm. 
and um, they thrive when they actually can rely on those boundaries, right? So because they're not, you're consistent. Yeah, they're not lost the at sea. The minute you're not consistent, a child feels unsafe and they will keep pushing until you push back and then they feel safe. Mm, mm. And that's what we don't understand as parents. There's this desire to keep our children in a state of perpetual happiness because then our children won't get mad with us and because of the guilt that parents feel because they're so busy mm-hmm. they don't want their kids to be mad with them because they want to be their child's friend which is the fundamental mistake we make sure. with our children we are not their friend yeah. we can be their friend when they're 21 and older <laughs> but right Nikki, now we are the parents <laughs> now you're parenting a quick one on just ultimatums obviously part and parcel of setting boundaries right but an ultimatum you need to be willing to live with either outcome compliance or adherence rather of or you know pushing back against that um, that uh, that compliance and adherence absolutely and you know this is a line i love to give with give parents is if your child gets mad they will always get glad again uh-huh <laughs> it might take 5 minutes for a toddler it might take 15 minutes for a junior school child. It might take half an hour if they're moving towards puberty mm-hmm. and it might take a day if mm-hmm. they're a teenager. Sure. But they will always move from mad to glad again and getting mad is not a bad thing but you have to let them get to the end of the mad cycle and not short circuit it mm-hmm. by buying them something or handing over a device which is what we do. Preach. (laughs) We're going to have to leave it right there. Of course, we can find all these resources on NikkiBush.com. That's right. And join me on Facebook at um, Parenting Matters.